Good morning. How's everyone doing today? Good. I'm excited about this morning, but I'm excited about every morning. I've noticed that about myself. Anybody else wake up like me just excited every day? Anybody? Good. Six and a half of us. Okay. <laughs> well, God is good either way. Whether we're excited about it or not, he is faithful. And uh, I'm thrilled as always to be able to share the word. And one thing I absolutely love is the fact that when we as preachers or teachers of the word of God begin to study and prepare, the Lord is doing a great work inside of us as we go. And uh, as I share with you in a moment, just the title of today's message, you will know, and I'll tell you here just to emphasize that the Lord was using this to really minister some things to me about my life and where I am. Because how many of you know all of us are called to grow from glory to glory? Does anybody else know that? So we never get to a point where it's like, now, you know, we're here and we're, we have arrived. We are constantly being transformed into the image of Christ. So it's a beautiful thing. So let's do this. Let's open our Bibles today. And as we do, I want to pray over you. I want you to open your Bible to the book of Romans chapter number 12, Romans chapter 12. And as you're looking, I want to pray over you for today. Father, I thank you so much for this, another opportunity to dive into your word. Lord, our prayer is the same as always, that we would get ourselves out of the way and allow the teacher, the master teacher, the Holy Spirit to minister to us right where we are. So we submit ourselves to your teaching. We say, have your way. So Lord, my prayer is that as I'm communicating, help me to articulately and clearly, how about I do this differently, articulately and clearly, communicate what you're asking me to communicate, and that you would speak through me to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Romans chapter number 12 is where we're going to start, but before we go there, I want to talk to you today about your identity in Christ. Your identity in Christ. I don't know about you, but if you look around today, there are a lot of people and a lot of things trying to tell you what you should be or even what you could be. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves following a path or a pattern that the world has laid out instead of a path or a pattern that the world, excuse me, the word has laid out. I want to encourage you today. God is going to show us through his word how we can be people who are literally being shaped and transformed into the image of Christ. But it's going to take us being diligent to say, yes, Lord, I want what you have for me. So before we read out of Romans chapter 12, let me tell you a little bit about something that the apostle Paul lays out in the book of Ephesians. Many of you know this, Ephesians chapter 2, I love the way it starts. Paul begins by first telling us how bad we used to be. He lays out the fact that we used to once walk according to the prince of the power of the air, under the sway of the wicked one, giving into our fleshly desires and our fleshly needs. And he begins to lay out that we were just like the rest of the world. We have no way or no reason back then, at least, to try to distinguish ourselves because we were just like them, living just like them. However, in verse number four, I like the way it says in, in the New King James says, Version, it says, but God. But God. And every time and I every read time that, I, I think, read that's, that, a I think really, that's a really, really big but. Big but. but God, right? God, some right? Some of you caught that. <laughs> but God, right? But God, the, fact right? That the fact that we used to, we live, used this to live this way, but God, and now we live a completely different way. So ver for verse four on, he begins to change the way he's speaking. You used to live like this, but God interjected. And now, by his great grace, not of our own works or anything we've done of ourselves, he has made us brand new in Christ. Jesus. And because he has, we no longer associate with the old patterns and the old plans. We now live according to his works. In fact, I'll read this to you in verse number eight of chapter number two. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Verse 10 says, for we are God's handiwork. Look at your neighbor and say, you are handiwork. Look at your other neighbor and say, you are a masterpiece. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I wanted to start there before we jumped into Romans 12, because I am absolutely convinced of this. So many of us, although the scripture is clear, and this is not the only place that it does so, all over scripture we can find what God says about us, but so many of us, because of what we've walked through in our own lives, because of what we're walking through even now in our own lives, we choose to not believe what God says about us. We choose to believe the old report about what the enemy says about us. I don't know if you know this, but your confidence can determine a lot in your life. You see, if I was born a prince and my father was a king and my father told me, Marcus, one day you will be the king. You're going to rule the land. If I didn't believe my dad, I might not act accordingly. If I didn't believe that there was royalty in me and that there was a future set out for me and that I was supposed to conduct myself like a king in training, then I might just conduct myself like a peasant if I don't believe what my daddy says. The truth is a lot of us have bought the lie of the enemy that we're really just not really worth it. We're really just not all that great. We're really just not so, hmm, let's say, acceptable in Christ's sight. But the reality is the exact opposite is the truth. Sometimes we wake up and we look in the mirror, and when we look in the mirror, we see ourselves through our own lens or through the lens of the world. But today, oh, somebody say that's a big but as well. But today, we are going to be convinced by the word of God that the way God sees us is the way that we need to see us. And if we see ourselves the way he sees us, it changes everything. It starts today, amen? If you found Romans chapter number 12, I want to begin reading at verse number one. It says this, the apostle Paul speaking again, and he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, so he's speaking to believers, In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. He goes on to say, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Notice Paul says, brothers and sisters, I urge you, I urge you, in light of God's mercy, how many of you know what mercy is? Mercy could be defined as uh, not getting what you deserve. So in light of the mercy that God has shown us, or not having us have to pay for our own sins, not giving us what we deserve, we should live this way. Listen to what he goes on to say. In light of his mercy, we should offer our bodies, our lives as living sacrifices. Holy, this word holy simply means set apart, different, and pleasing to who? To us or to God? When we do so, he says, this is true and proper worship. I want to pause here for a moment. I feel like I have to always make mention of our worship team because they're so absolutely amazing. 
But didn't you enjoy just worshiping together corporately? I mean, just lifting our hands and singing out to God, a beautiful picture of worship. But how many of you know that's not the only worship we can offer to God? You see, it's, it's one thing to come into service and say, you know what, I'm going to worship him today. I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to honor him with my words. But it's another thing to live a life that is a constant lifestyle of worship because your whole life is laid down before the king. Paul says, when you do so, this is true and proper worship, living a life not to please yourself, but to be holy and pleasing to the king. Verse two is what I wanted to hit on today. He says this, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Anybody in here like cookies? Be honest, it's okay. Any cookie monsters in here? <laughs> got a couple? Yeah. Anybody's children like cookies? <laughs> I got all my hands raised for that, right? Like my children, they, they like cookies and we have to teach them self-control. We don't eat cookies every day for every meal. That's not the way this works. But I, I particularly like Christmas cookies. There's something about Christmas cookies. Now, if you are a baker at all, which I'm really not, but if you are a baker at all, you don't go to the store to buy cookies. You, you have a recipe. And if you're a really good baker, you don't follow someone else's recipe. You have your own recipe. It may have started as someone else's, but you've modified it over the years. You've added ingredients. You've taken away. You've adjusted the measurements, and you won't share your recipe with anybody. It is yours. My favorite part about Christmas cookies is not putting all the ingredients together, not making the dough. My favorite part is getting the cookie cutters out and stamping that dough, and it becomes a Christmas tree. I mean, you know, a Christmas cookie tastes better if it's in the shape of a Christmas tree. <laughs> Maybe a Santa Claus, a snowman, a snowflake, it doesn't matter, it tastes great. But a cookie cutter is utilized in order to get that shape. And it's interesting because you have a flat piece of dough that you've kneaded and you've rolled and you've flattened out and you use that same cookie cutter to stamp that dough over and over again. And as you stamp it over and over again, to the T, every single cookie comes out in the same pattern or shape. That's the picture I want you to get when the Apostle Paul is saying, do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the world stamp you with their image of who they say you should be. Do not be conformed to the image of this world. Instead, or on the other hand, be transformed. Now, this word here is where we get our word morphed or metamorphosis. Be transformed, completely changed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Listen to me, please. If you change your thinking, you can change your life. Can I say that again? If you change your thinking, you can change your life. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. A renewal or renewing is a complete renovation, a complete change for the better. Let's be honest, I was talking to someone just yesterday and I said it's, it's interesting that through the season of COVID and, and, and through the season of, of all the, the civil unrest and things that we have faced as a nation and, and now with the war in Ukraine and all the rumors going around about nuclear war on the brinks and, and it's just so much that is constantly coming at us. And if we're not careful, we'll allow our minds to get stuck in the muck of the thinking that's so negatively being pushed towards us. And if we're not careful, we begin to live and dwell in that. And it begins to breed uh, anxiety inside of us and worry begins to consume us. And, and if we're not careful, we begin to walk around as if we have no hope. But something happens when you choose to say, Jesus, I need you to help me, not, not just with what's going on in the world, but I need you to help me with my own self-image. 
The way I view myself is tainted because I know me more than anyone else. I know the mistakes I make on a daily basis. I know how this day I say I'm going to try harder today and I fail time and time and time again. Lord, I know what I did three years ago and it may be three years ago, but it still haunts me to this day. I know these things, so it's very difficult for me to think of myself of anything other than a mess. Anything other than not worthy. Anything other than less than. The world tries to paint this picture, but God's word is saying, no, not so for you. Do not be conformed to the image of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing, the complete renewal of your mind. Then, <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, only then. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for you. The question you may be thinking now is, that sounds awesome, but how do I renew my mind? How do I do it? Listen, I think the simplest way to begin is to begin by meditating on God's word, meditating on what God has said about you. Listen to this. In Psalm chapter number one, verses one through three, I love what the psalmist says here. He says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, or we would say the word of God and who meditates on the word of God day and night. Listen to this. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever that person does, prospers. Now, I want to clarify something, because when you, we hear the word meditation, some of us get a little bit weirded out. Like, well, what do you mean meditate? <laughs> Can you clarify, please, sir? Now, I don't mean Eastern meditation where you're emptying your mind and you're simply just reciting the same syllables over and over again. No, no, no. I'm talking about Hebrew meditation where you're literally taking the time to get what God says inside of you. You're pondering it, so you're thinking of it in your mind, and you're even muttering it out of your mouth. You're declaring what God has said. Let me tell you how that looked in my life and still looks in my life. I remember years ago, I was living in Anaheim, California, and I had a job. I had gotten out of the Air Force, and I was uh, refrigeration certified, so I got this great job working for a company. I was one of their field service engineers, and I would drive around and go to different customer sites and repair their sites. And I remember I was so excited about this concept of renewing my mind. I knew, I knew that I needed, I still need it to this day. So what I did is I took these three by five cards and I would write down scripture on the three by five cards and I would laminate those cards and I'd stick them in my front pocket here. And as I'm going through my day, I'd pull out one of those cards. Ah, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I would begin to meditate upon that scripture. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that because I'm in Christ Jesus, the old Marcus is gone. The new has come. Thank you, Lord. I am brand new because of you. Put that back in my pocket. Go fix the customer's site. As I'm working on that site, I'm thinking about that. Thank you, Lord. I am brand new. I'm not the old man anymore. I don't think the way I used to think. I don't act the way I used to act. I now live for you. Listen, I'd be driving driving down the road sometime, I get out one of those cars, look at the quick verse, put it back in my pocket, and just talk to myself, talk to myself. I was preaching to myself what God's word says about me. You think, you're talking to yourself? Oh, yeah, still do. <laughs> still do, still do. I was telling myself, Marcus, no, stop thinking about that old man. That guy is dead. 
There is a brand new creation now, and that new creation is right because of what Christ Jesus did. So when you stand before God, he no longer sees Marcus Ellington the mess up. He sees Marcus Ellington, the righteousness of God in Christ. That changed everything inside of me. That's how my confidence become, began to come back, because I was no longer confident in how good I could be, because how many of you know we mess up all the time? I was now confident in how good Christ is. It changed everything inside of me. So he says, blessed is the man that doesn't walk, doesn't stand and, and doesn't walk and doesn't sit with those who are living a, a, a godless life. He says, however, blessed is the man or the woman who's constantly meditating on, pondering on what God's word says. That person is like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Man, I love the picture there. The tree planted by the river, the, the roots go down and there's always hydration. There's always sustenance. It's always what it needs so that it can produce fruit in season. It says the person that lives life like that, whatever they do will prosper. I heard an amen on this side. Um, whoever that was, I didn't see you, but whoever that was, amen simply means so be it. It's you agreeing. So I declare over your life, whoever said that, that as you apply what God's word says, that you will be like that tree planted beside the rivers of water. And whatever you do, whatever you do in alignment with God's word, it will prosper. Oh, there we go. Now amens are coming out, right? I see. Okay. <laughs> Listen to this. Psalm 119, verse number 115 says this. It says, I meditate on your precepts, speaking about the word, and consider your ways. It says this, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Sticking with Psalm 119, in fact, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and if you ever get a chance to read it, it is all about the Word of God. Listen to this, Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. There's something that happens when you begin to meditate on and ponder the Word of God, preach it to yourself. The Word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as you're preaching to yourself, you're building your own faith. But there's something that happens when you begin to get in the word like that. You begin thinking differently. And from those different thoughts, you begin to live differently. James chapter one, verse number 22 says this, says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. <laughs> Any practical jokers in here? Uh-huh. <laughs> Anybody know Pastor Scott Rainey? <laughs> he is by far a practical joker. I, I really love that guy. Uh, I, I like to tell this story <laughs> with this verse because there's, it's just hilarious to me. And you may have heard it before, but I told a story about a buddy of mine who was in the Air Force with me who him and his brothers put a dog collar, a, a shock collar on their brother when he was asleep one day. He's taking a good nap. He's enjoying life. They sneak in and put this electric shock collar on him. They had an electrical fence that was buried under the ground. And, and they are, they're already standing by the door. And one of them walks up and smacks the brother on the face, you know. And he's startled awake. And he gets up and he darts after his brothers. They all run out of the door. They run out of the front door in the house. They run through the yard. And as soon as they cross the threshold for the electric fence, <laughs> the brother who does not know he's wearing the collar begins to scream and grab his neck and hit the ground. How many of you know that's a, a cruel practical joke? <laughs> but we also know that as funny as that is, because it didn't happen to us, we can laugh at it, right? As funny as that is, 
we wouldn't do that to ourselves. We wouldn't put the collar on and go to sleep at night and think, oh, in the morning I won't remember. Then maybe I'll just wander out to go check the mail. And ha surprise. Like, we don't play jokes on ourselves. It doesn't make any sense. You know what you're doing. You, you put the collar on. You're, you're the one that set the joke up. So how can you really trick yourself? It just doesn't work. James says the same thing. He says, listen, but, if you, if, but don't just listen to God's word, but you must do what it says. Otherwise, listen, you are only fooling yourself. Notice it doesn't say because you're fooling God. Nope, you're only fooling yourself. He goes on to say, for if you listen to the word of God and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, talking about the word of God, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, listen to this, then God will bless you for doing it. God will bless you. I love the way the scripture uses things to help highlight what's being spoken of. I'm gonna ask here in just a moment for a very, very brave volunteer. I promise you, we don't have any shot callers. <laughs> now I'm trying to angle this right because I don't want to blind anyone. You guys good, front row? Excellent. We do the same thing. So let me see. I need a brave volunteer. There's not much you have to do here. I'm going to have you read a couple things. So someone who feels like, you know what? I, I can do that. I can, I can read a couple things. And simply going to be these words off of the screen. Malcolm, I see you there. I'm not going to blind you, okay? I see someone right there. Come on up. Come on. Let's give it up for this young lady here. She's going to come up. She's a volunteer today. Come on up. Now, as you guys can see, most of you are pretty far away, so don't worry. You don't have to try to strain your eyesight to see what's on these mirrors here. We're going to have our volunteer read these in just a moment. But I want you to see that there are clearly two mirrors here. What is your name? JC. JC. Thank you so much for volunteering, okay? So this is a mirror, we can all tell. JC, I want you to come on this side, though. We're going to start over here. This is also a mirror. Both of these mirrors are the same. The difference is the writing on them is just a tad bit different. Scoop back just a tad bit. Now, what I want you to notice here, this mirror we're going to call the mirror of the world. So the words that are on this mirror are words that the world will tell you about yourself. Now, JC, I want you to stand closer this way, and I want you to read these words out and just take your time, one at a time, all the way down the list. I want you to read them out loud, okay? Failure. Hmm. Unwanted. Unlovable. Average, guilty, not good enough, or unforgivable, weak, incompetent, lazy, ugly. Wow. A failure, unwanted, just average, <laughs> guilty, not good enough. Wow. Unforgivable, weak, incompetent. Lazy, ugly. Now, some of you may think, well, that, that, that doesn't, what do you mean? Like, people aren't saying that. But let's be honest. The vast majority of us in this room have heard people speak these negative words over our lives. If we consistently look into the world's mirror, this is the consistent message that we're going to get. 
And just like the word tells us to meditate on God's word, we'll begin meditating on the world's words. And before you know it, our self-talk will be, we're a failure. We're unwanted. We're unlovable. We're just average. We're guilty. We're not good enough. We're unforgivable. We're weak. We're incompetent. We're just lazy. We're just ugly. And that will begin to be what we think about. And when it becomes what you think about, you act accordingly. But JC, I want you to walk with me to this side because I don't know about you, JC, but I'm glad that there is another mirror that we can look in. James tells us to look into the perfect law of liberty, speaking about the word of God. I love how he puts that, the law of liberty or the law that sets you free. JC, we do the same. This is the words mirror. Will you read what the word says about us? Righteous in Christ, accepted, holy, enough, loved, wonderful, unique, chosen, blessed, adopted, redeemed, and forgiven. Praise God. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Praise God. The world is trying to paint a picture in your mind about who you are. But the word, (laughs) good night. The word says something different. Now we have to make a choice. We can stand in the middle and waver back and forth. Well, uh, most days I'm here, but sometimes on Sundays I'm here. Or we can say, I'm no longer listening to what the world has to say about me. They don't know me. I'm a new creation in Christ, so I move this way, and I begin to tell myself these things. In Jesus, I am righteous. In Jesus, I am accepted. Because of Jesus, I am holy. I am enough. I am loved. I am wonderful. The world may say, no, 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 you're not enough. No, the Bible says I am enough. No, 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 you're not loved. No, the Bible says I am loved. No, 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 you're just average. No, the Bible says I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When you begin to renew your mind to this, it changes your life. We have to make a decision today. Blessed is the one who doesn't walk with, stand, or sit in the counsel of the ungodly, but chooses instead to meditate upon what God's word says. That's the one who is like the tree that's planted by the rivers of water. A tree that's healthy produces fruit. And that person produces fruit Season after season after season. What is fruit? How do you know that an orange tree is an orange tree if you're not a botanist? (laughs) Usually by the fruit that it produces. How do you know a person is truly a believer? Come on, somebody. The fruit of the Spirit is love joy and peace and patience and goodness. You come on, somebody, you're preaching the word today. You're preaching the word today. If I am a Christian, then I should produce that fruit. If I'm going to produce that fruit, I got to know what the word says about me. I got to let that build me up in the inside. And as I let that build me up, more fruit's going to come season after season after season after season. It won't be a question if you're a believer because your fruit shows it. Can you give it up for JC today? Thank you, JC. We appreciate you. Praise God. Praise God. God's mirror, God's message. That's what we need. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, okay, I I hear you. Renew your mind. Stop listening to what the world says. Start listening to what God says. Stop meditating on what the world says. Start meditating on what God says. Yeah, I'm hearing you, but how is all this possible? I want you to turn to one more place with me before we close today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
And I'm going to kind of blaze through this. So if you have a pen, write that down so you can look through that some more in your own time of study. Second Corinthians chapter number five. I don't know if I said four, but chapter number five. And I want to begin reading at verse 14. This is again, the apostle Paul. Listen to what he says. He says, for Christ's love compels us or it grips us because we are convinced that one, speaking of Christ, died for all. Let me pause there. We believe that Jesus died for everyone, for all. Now, because we believe this, Paul is saying, the love of Christ grips or holds so tightly to me because I believe this. And he goes on to say, and therefore all died. So the love of God holds tight to Paul because he believes this, that Jesus died for all. And if Jesus died for all, then it's just like everyone died. Everyone who was guilty of sin, we could say. So listen to this. I want to insert a couple of words here. Instead of saying the word for, I'm going to say in place of as I read this thing through. So just follow me as I read again, verse number 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died, here it is, in place of all, and therefore all died. And he, speaking of Jesus, died in place of all, that those who live should no, no longer live in place of themselves, but in place of him who died in place of them and was raised again. He goes on to say, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Verse 17, this is the most popular one here. Therefore, or because of all that, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Skip down to verse 21 and listen to what this says. God made Jesus, who had no sin, listen to this, to be sin in place of us, so that in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Now listen, I wanted to take some time there and to close there, just to emphasize this point. When you stand up and look in the mirror, I'm talking about your physical mirror, all of us have differing thoughts. Sometimes you wake up on the right side of the bed. You wake up and say, oh, you look good today. It's a good day. Other, other times you might wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You look in the mirror and you're like, whoa. <laughs> but aside from your physical looks, all of us judge ourselves spiritually as well. I haven't been doing so good. Or I've been doing great. I've been reading every day. I've been spending time with Jesus. What I want us to do is stop looking at us. Start looking at him. Because James says when we look into the perfect law of liberty, it's like looking into a mirror. You look into that mirror, not only do you see Jesus, but you also see you and who you are in him. And when you look at him through the, the lens of the scripture, when you put the word down for today, just like David said, you hide it in your heart. So when you go about your day, you're not forgetting what kind of person you are. You're going through the day reminding yourself who you are. I am who God says that I am. I am a new creation in him. Because he died in my place, I now live in his place. 
because that exchange has taken place, I am the righteousness or the rightness of God in Jesus Christ. You begin to preach this to yourself over and over and over again, and guess what? Before you know it, you begin to believe it. Once you begin to believe it, you begin to walk it out. As you begin to walk it out, you begin to see your life take a whole different plan, whole different purpose, I should say, whole different direction. Why? Because you're now aligned with what God says about you. Not what the world says, but what the word says. Can we pray today? Now listen, as we pray, I say this every time, I don't wanna just be the only one praying here because I only know me and anything the Holy Spirit might highlight. But I want you to pray because you know you and you know your circumstances and situations greater than anyone else. Let's take time and pray. If you're dealing with these things where you've been listening to the world, you need God to renew your mind so you can start listening to the word. It's time now to say, Lord, here I am. Forgive me for that stuff, for believing those lies. I'm gonna shut off those channels, silence out those voices and start amplifying yours so that my mind can be renewed, so my life can be in alignment with your word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we submit ourselves to you and we say thank you for this opportunity to open the word together. There's so much contained in your word and only a certain amount we can share within our time frame. But Lord, my prayer is today that by the power of your spirit, you have been ministering this entire time. Lord, I pray for those who may have bought the lie of the world and have been believing for years even what the world says about them, that they're not good enough, that they're incompetent or lazy or ugly or fill in the blank. I pray that today we let go of that. We cast those things down. Those are lies. We say it out of our mouths. Those are lies. We no longer believe those as truth. And instead, we choose to believe your word. We are righteous in Christ. We are accepted by you. We are holy. We are enough. We are loved. We are wonderful. We are unique and chosen. We're blessed by God, adopted into his family. We are redeemed and forgiven, regardless of anything we've done in the past. Lord, I pray today by the power of your spirit that you give us the strength to become those who meditate on your word day and night, those who ponder your word and even preach it to ourselves. Lord, if some of us have to get out those three by five cards and write it down, whatever it may be, whether we gotta get on a reading plan and just start reading your word daily, Lord, whatever it is, help us to get into your word so we can look into that perfect law of liberty that sets us free. And lastly, by faith, I declare in the name of Jesus, any stronghold that the enemy has established in anyone's life in this place be completely torn down by the power of God. Lord, I pray that today what's being erected is simply people who believe your word and your truth. Your truth is standing firm in our lives. So we say thank you, God, today for freedom. Thank you for the strength to overcome. And thank you for the ability to preach your word to ourselves so that we can be those trees planted by the living waters. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands and thank God today. Praise God.